Welcome to Cloud Insiders, the podcast that brings cloud down to earth. As always, head over to cloudinsiders.fm for show notes and other giveaways. Now let's get into it. So I'm sat here today with Stephen Santini, who's the channel manager, EMEA of Store Magic. Welcome, Steve. Hey, Oli, how are you? Very well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. And Peter Grant, frequent flyer. Welcome, Pete. Thanks, Ollie. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. So let's get straight into it. Um, Steve, for those who don't already know, who is Store Magic? Where have you come from? And what do you do? Well, so Store Magic is a software-defined storage company. Um, we're born and bred in the UK, headed out of Bristol, so small city. If you're out of not familiar with the UK, but you know we have sales guys based in the US and distributors based across the world, basically. But um, you know we were founded in 2006. We we're very much early pioneers of software-defined storage solutions and technology. And over the years, we've kind of honed that in with SVSAN, uh, which is what we're going to talk about today. Perfect. All right, let's take it back a step. What is Virtual SAN, and uh, and how is it important in in the way that software-defined data centers are, are evolving? Well, so virtual SAN as a technology is a very difficult one because I think, as you know, with technology in general, we get a lot of buzzwords and, and over time we kind of lose what things actually mean. So, you know, virtual SAN says what is on the tin. It's a SAN without actually being there. So it's, it presents a, 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 a SAN type appliance without you physically needing one. Traditionally, what that meant was you would create a SAN utilizing your existing hardware. So whether you had a server or a couple of servers, you'd be able to utilize the underlying disks to present that, uh, that server as a SAN or present uh, a pair of servers, a group of servers, and kind of mirror them together or cluster them together to present a SAN. So that's where the technology started. And since then, it's kind of evolved a bit more towards uh, the kind of bundle type solutions, presenting that as a, a virtual SAN and in inverted commas essentially kind of eliminating the need for any kind of physical type arrays. Okay. And so how does that compare to, to the way things were done at the, the dawn of virtualization, virtual SANs compared to physical SANs? Well, sure. So physical SANs, when you look back um, to the dawn of physical SANs, when that was the kind of key focus for people, you know, the problem was that you know, physical SANs were the kind of only way you could enable any kind of availability to your environments. You know, you need to have a kind of physical SAN to uh, present your, your storage so that if your servers failed, it's always available. But, you know, the big issue for people was that uh, physical SANs were just crazy expensive, especially for small companies. And even with that aside, you know, it was something which was so complex for someone to actually manage that you need to have a, a pre-set of skills to be able to manage those type of solutions. Um, and that's something that, you know, SMBs and, and kind of smaller environments, they just didn't have that kind of resource. So it created a problem. But then on top of that, even though you had this very expensive solution and you had these trained guys, a physical SAN, back then you were talking about a 20K plus type box. And you got to load that thing up with disk. Now, even though you have that, it's still a single point of failure. So when that SAN goes, you have to go down and you're still dead in the water anyway. So the only true kind of available environment was to have two of those things, which was just not impossible for, for any kind of medium-sized business. So virtual SANS was really addressing that part of the market, you know, because 
they kind of realized that you know a lot of these guys had existing hardware on site that they could repurpose to create a SAN or present to their hypervisor as a SAN. So whether they only wanted to have a single server and present that as a as a server SAN or virtual SAN, they could do that very cost effectively and very easily. So that's kind of where the mindset started. And then from there they kind of started to realize, well, you know, they need they don't need they need to try and avoid this kind of single point of failure type scenarios. And that's where they start to introduce the likes of sort of synchronous mirroring between between servers to being able to access the underlying disks, mirror them across each server to make sure that they're identical. So if one server goes down, it's the same as the other. And that's kind of where it, it's kind of evolved to. Um, and, but now you, you end up having this, you've gone from something which is very complex and expensive and so forth and so forth, to something which is very kind of small, you know, kind of a low footprint, provides availability and, and kind of meets the, the requirements. I mean, when you think about it, and I, and I kind of remember this research from when I first joined Store Magic kind of five, six years ago, and we did uh, some, some research. I can't remember who, um, so I'm not going to even pretend I know who we did it with. But at the time, I mean, the, the information that we gathered was that most customers within kind of the mid-market space, uh, they were only using about two terabytes worth of capacity anyway. So to have a physical SAN managing two terabytes was just ridiculous. And that's something that you could, at least back then and now, just load up into existing servers. So it, it was a very, it was a logical step for the technology to kind of move towards. Mm, understood. Um, and maybe I'll throw it to Pete now. Um, Pete, as, as we've moved into a hyper-converged world, speaking of servers, how have you seen virtual SAN increase in relevance? So I think the whole concept of virtual storage has really been evolving a lot over the last decade or so. So Stephen talked about, in fact, I had a question for Stephen on this. So you talked about your original propositions in terms of taking some physical disk and then presenting it as a virtual storage array. Is that something similar to what the old left-hand networks used to do before they were acquired by HP? Is it along that type of line? Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, left-hand, so left-hand was, was very much the, the kind of the, the, the first ones out there to, 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 to create a, the first kind of virtual SAN, if you will in the kind of two-server type solution, if you will. I'm not too sure if they did do a single server kind of server SAN, but they were, I think, left-hand. I think they were the, the first to kind of bring that out to market, um, shortly followed by us, which is, again, yeah, very much on the same lines. Okay. So, um, Oli, I guess to answer your question in terms of the trends and things, I mean, nowadays it's all about software-defined everything. So, um, you know, whether it's storage or network or, or hypervised or... or physical hardware, it's all about um, trying to decouple things from the, the underlying hardware. So, you know, one of the sort of first things I think of when um, I hear of companies like Store Magic is I wonder, you know, how do you compare with VMware's vSAN? I know a lot of our listeners um, who are, you know, big into VMware will, will be thinking, you know, why Store Magic? What, what do you do that vSAN doesn't? Why would it go to one over the other? So I'll, I'll be quite keen to maybe get your view over, you know, what are your selling points? Are you very similar? What, what, what's your unique selling points between vSAN and uh, StoreMagic? Yeah, sure. So VMware, um, I don't know if you remember, VMware released their VSA a few years ago now, actually, and, they, they, and it's since, since it's been kind of retired and sent out to pasture. But, um, you know, VMware did a great job for us, firstly, in, in, in helping us educate the market because before VMware started looking at the VSA type technologies, you know, people were very, you know, they were kind of very 
skeptical about trying software defined storage or virtual sand solutions. So they get a, did a great job for us educating the market and it really helped us kind of get, get the awareness out there. But when VSAN, uh, VSA uh, was sent out to pasture, when they kind of released um, v, VSAN pre that and kind of started pushing it heavily afterwards, um, we were actually working very closely with them and we still are very well partnered with them to the point that they've actually done a wipe, a, a data sheet actually, which is actually on the Store Magic website, where they've clearly said that uh, VMware vSAN is the data center solution that they push. And for small mid-market robo solutions that they push, they would suggest SoMagic SVSAN. Um, and this is their own document on the SoMagic website, which is still up to date today. And that's really where the difference lies. Now, and it's not just with VMware vSAN, by the way, it's uh, pretty much the entire, entire market. Software-defined storage solutions in general, I know it's quite a broad umbrella here. Most of them are very focused at the data center and they're looking at scaling up high compute, high performance, scale up data center, where StoreMagic, SVSAN, is, is actually addressing the other spectrum of the market. We're focused at scaling down. We're looking at environments where they're looking for a very small footprint, where they have kind of business criticals on site, business critical applications on site. They haven't got budget on site. They haven't got IT staff on site. And that's really what the difference is. I mean, those two environments are totally different. VMware vSAN as a, as a solution is very expensive. As, as all of them are, when they're focused on the data center, they need a high resource, you know, loaded up the SSDs, the hardware has to sit on, is very strict. So that's where the kind of key differentiator is with us and, and vSAN specifically. Okay, great. So I'm taking from that the price point is a fairly compelling factor for the SMB type market. Um, mm -hmm. Are the features comparable to what you would get with vSAN? So do you, you know, you utilize SSD and you've got all the writing across the different servers for the redundancy is is it is it comparable in terms of the feature sets yeah in terms of how svsan works it's it's a pretty standard i think it's pretty standard in terms of how the virtual sand technology is now where we have a simple two server configuration where we're accessing the underlying st storage mirroring that and presenting that mirror to the hypervisor so in terms of, of actual feature sets goes the likes of vSAN, they will have substantially more, but they, they are addressing a much higher end of the market where they need all those features. SVSAN has SSD caching, and with SVSAN 6 coming out later in the year, we'll have SSD uh, memory caching, auto tiering, et cetera, et cetera. So you can have kind of, kind of hybrid storage configurations. I think the, the kind of key difference really comes down to what the um, infrastructure looks like. So for the likes of vSAN, you typically need a three-server configuration. With SVSAN, you can get away with just two. Because we're targeting sort of remote office, robo-environments, typically multi-site environments, what we're able to do is have um, our quorum service, which you need pretty much for all virtual SAN technologies, just to kind of give some emphasis on that. That's um, essentially kind of a neutral storage host, kind of a third point of contact that basically monitors the environment to see which server is the most up-to-date, which one's live, which one's not live. It basically eliminates the chance of a split brain scenario from happening. So with us, we're able to centralize that, which means that you can have a central quorum and you can have multiple sites with these very simple kind of two server configurations, kind of a cookie cutter approach, where with it, with the likes of vSAN and our competitors, you would need a three server type environment. So for us, it means that you're able to eliminate, uh, sorry, you're able to reduce your hardware footprint by 33%. So for some customers, especially as they get larger, that's quite a lot of CapEx being saved. And, and management on that point. Okay, and um, 
In terms of the storage itself that, that it utilizes, is that typically local storage in the server, or do you have customers that use their existing, maybe old legacy arrays? What does your typical deployment look like nowadays in terms of the, the underlying storage in the disks? Well, most customers seem to stick with the simple kind of two server configuration. For the most part, folks are just using standard hard disk because uh, in the kind of smaller environments, the higher performance isn't really necessary. But we do have some customers who would have SSD caching. So they might have one SSD and a couple of hard disks. So the, the most common is, is kind of split between the two, depending on their performance requirements. But, you know, we do, because SVSAN is block-based, so it's on Linux, it's, uh, is, it can access any storage you put underneath it. So some, we do have some customers who might want to just chuck an array on the back end. They might have a NAS or JBOD. They'll just chuck it on the back just to kind of uh, throw extra storage at it. Okay, great. In terms of feature sets, so I'm thinking about being able to replicate or maybe do backup or snapshots and things like that. Um, do, mm -hmm. you know, do, do you offer those types of features? No, we don't. So our, our product is purely focused at what's happening on site. This is a question we actually get a lot uh, that people do ask for and ask why we don't do asynchronous replication. And the simple reason for why we don't do it is because a lot of people do it already and they do it a lot better than us. And it's, it's quite brutally honest. You know, our focus is at providing simple to server highly available solution to small environments. When we start looking at asynchronous replication, snapshotting, that's when we start going into the backup and data center world, which is something that we're, you know, we haven't had enough, I don't want to say I haven't enough experience in because that's not true. It's something that we aren't well developed enough to kind of compete. So with the likes of, of VMware, you already have some replication functionality there already. So to us, we're kind of like, well, most of our customers are sitting on VMware. So if they, if they want you know, snapshotting or replication, then they can just get that from VMware. There's no real point in us delivering that. Yeah, so they could just use the vSphere replication appliance and just the built-in. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think our, our motto as a company is that we don't want to try and be a Swiss army knife that's just trying to do everything for everybody. We, we would rather just be that specific tool that's dealing with a very specific job rather than trying to do a lot of jobs kind of half haphazard. Understood. Um, and do you see any particular verticals that you target or that you have more interest in or um, particular verticals or maybe use cases that people are quite interested in, like maybe using it for BDI or for just general servers or, or is it fairly varied? Uh, you know, SVSAN seems to be drawing a very particular set of customers in terms of industry. And I think that's because those particular industries are actively looking for the type of solution as SVSAN. In retail, especially, we've had a huge amount of success. We'll continue to do so. In the US, in the UK, and in Europe. And in the US, and unfortunately, as a case study, I can't actually mention the customer's name, but there are 2,200 stores um, and they're a home retail company. I've given a big clue there, the home retail point, hint, hint. But anyway, um, you know, they have 2,200 stores across the US. They are using HP servers on site. They were traditionally having SANS. You know, listen, they were having 100 outages a year. And the companies like that in the US, when you have 100 outages a year, you know, to get those SANS back up, it's taking hours, if not the next day. Those kind of companies lose tens of thousands of dollars an hour 
So when they look at a, at a solution like SVSAN, you better believe that it's a, it's a product that works and it's going to keep those, those environments up. But what they were really looking for is the same as everybody else. You know, it's, it's, although, although these particular kind of customers are coming to us, you know, retail, utilities, energy, government, I'm, I'm throwing words at you, but these are all customers who we're dealing with on a monthly basis within these industries. You know, they come, for us, come to us because the, although they're all very different in terms of what they're doing, their environmental requirements are the same. You know, these are companies that have, or groups, organizations that have multiple sites. And those multiple sites have applications there for whatever reason that need to stay there. Now, there's the, the technology of cloud is, is growing rapidly. But it's not at the point yet where people can actually put business critical applications there because it's just you don't have the bandwidth is not reliable yet. The technology is not reliable yet to have everything out there. So there's a requirement to have stuff on site. And it's because of that where people are looking for something like SVSAN because they want to eliminate as much hardware as possible. They don't want to have to manage those environments. They want to have, they want to have something which is a cookie cutter, another buzzword, set and forget, chuck it in the back of a cupboard, and you can kind of forget about it and you can just manage that from the central office. That's what people want. Right. So, and, and that's what we focus on. So actually, it's not, I, I guess, what I was maybe initially thinking, it's not necessarily an, an SMB solution, although I'm sure it's good for that. It can also be used mm -hmm. in large enterprises, as you said at the start, in uh, the remote office, branch office type scenarios where they need something out on site, but um, it could be a large organization, but potentially they might be running some, you know, traditional expensive legacy, or not, not legacy SAM, but expensive enterprise SAM, centrally, mm -hmm. but for those robo scenarios, this is where where you guys um, would plug in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like you say, you know, we have, you know, we've got many of us, we've got many SMB customers as well who are looking just to have a simple two server configuration. Again, no problem. But where the kind of the real benefits kind of really explode, if you will, is when you have multiple sites. Because that's when you start seeing the benefits on having less hardware. You see the benefits of not needing IT guys there. And that's where it kind of starts to snowball a bit. I mean, that retail case study I, I gave an example of before. I mean, so they were originally looking at deploying some competitive solutions, including HPs, uh, and they were looking at other physical SANs. Now, that to go with another virtual solution would have taken at least a year to deploy that solution across those sites. If they were looking at physical SAN solutions, geez, many years. With SV SAN, they were able to deploy. Um, across all 2,200 sites within six months because they're able to centralize and script all that to those environments. So, you know, the, the kind of time saving there, you know, we haven't even been able to put a figure on it because it's, it's something very difficult to, to work out. And, and in terms of the management side of it, so what, what management functionality do you have? Do you have a central management server? Do you connect directly to the your storage instances? What, what is the... So if you're deploying this to a, a thousand sites in this um, case study you um, alluded to, how do they manage mm -hmm. all, all of those um, instances? So with them, they um, so SVSAN is, um, is ha, ha, there's a plugin within VMware for SVSAN, so you kind of have that single pane of glass type thing going on there. But we also have an, uh, an online GUI. Um, it depends on, on on their own choices really, but some use one, some use the other. But um, in that particular example there, um, they would have essentially just see all those sites as kind of a, a mirrored set within, within VMware. And what they were doing 
you know, kind of go back to where we had the quorum service, which kind of acts, prevents a split brain type scenario. What they'd end up doing is they'd have essentially one quorum service per state, and that a quorum would then kind of manage all those environments. You can kind of click in deeper, and you can see all those environments again. But you'd be able to view all that from within your existing VMware plugin, which would be, again, centralized. Okay, great. And, and this is something have... that, and by the way, this is something that you don't need to be uh, particularly skilled in. You know, if, you've got, if, you've got, if you're experienced with VMware virtualization, then you, you're able to, to manage us. Yeah. So you're not looking to have any kind of storage proficient type employees on SiteShare. Do you have any sort of interfaces like PowerShell or things like that if people wanted to write their own maybe interfaces or, or, or... um well the case study that deployment itself we did utilizing powershell any deeper than that I'm, i wouldn't be able to answer if i'm very honest but you have got some functionality to be able to um you know automate um elements if you needed to yeah exactly i mean if you if you've got the ability to to write your own scripts uh today and, and it just kind of actually reminded me so with svsend 6 we actually have a built-in scripting tool to help you build those scripts as well and run those scripts. So that's going to be there in SVSense 6. But if you're looking to kind of automate activity in terms of deployments and upgrades, in SVSense 6, there is a built-in feature within uh, SVSan to essentially enable you to deploy and upgrade multiple hosts, locations in this example, um, directly from that central plugin. Good stuff. Can I just um, jump in there and, and ask you to, is there anything else in SVSAN 6? Because I know this is quite a major release that you'd like to highlight. So SVSAN 6 is really about building on the existing success we've had within these kind of environments I've, I mentioned before. So we already do what we do now very well, which is two server environments. Uh, you get good performance from that, centralized management. And that's what people are looking for. So the, the next logical step from there is giving people more control over uh, what that environment looks like. So we've introduced some SS, additional SSD caching functionality and read-write caching, memory caching. Uh, we'll be introducing auto-tiering. And those three are, are actually very important because that means that um, our customers will now have the functionality to create sort of hybrid storage environments. So they'll be able to utilize less disk, maybe have an SSD, a couple of HDs, and essentially have the, the kind of performance they're looking for with less hardware, potentially less budget. But if they have the same amount of budget, they can essentially bump up that hardware and get better performance. So it's just by giving them more control of, over what that looks like. But Kind of building on from there with the management side of things, you know, including the, the the kind of automated upgrades and deployments, et cetera, and the scripting from from the plugin, that just help makes it a lot easier for people to do that. Where before we were, you know, as we were talking about before, we have to utilize PowerShell, physically make scripts to to deploy, etc. Um, this makes it a lot easier for people to be able to, to deploy those environments. It just kind of made sense to make these processes that they want to do and they're doing already just a lot easier. The way it'll the product itself will look is that you'll have SVSAN standard, which is the simple two-server configuration, uh, two-server mirroring, enabling HA, you know, what most customers are looking for. For customers who are looking for that bit more, they'll be able to get the SSD caching, auto-tiering, et cetera, off the back of that. And that'll be kind of the advanced version of SVSAN 6. So if I'm considering implementing SVSAN, what questions do I need to be asking um, as part of my planning process? 
you know, the questions you should be asking yourself should be really pretty standard. And it should be really be around what you want to achieve from your environments. You know, what, 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 you, want your, what, what you want your environment to look like. There's still a little bit of um, an old school mindset when we think about high availability or when we think about enabling business continuity. Again, sorry for throwing buzzwords out there, but you get my point. A lot of people sort of default to physical SAN or they default to physical storage. So I think it's more about a mindset. So I think what people need to do uh, when they think about these processes, they need to kind of stop for a minute and think, right, so physical SANs and physical arrays is what I know. But where's the market going from here? Because hyperconvergence is now. It's happening right now. People are deploying it right now because it makes sense. If you start looking at physical SANs, in two years' time, actually, I'll say in two years' time, now they're probably going to be redundant for your environment. Hyperconvergence is really eliminating the need for these kind of physical environments now. The, the kind of physical sand type environments is really evolving more to recovery and backup and archiving, where environments now are really looking at hyperconvergence to create the kind of rack and stack and solutions. So when it comes to SVSAN, what customers should be asking themselves is, right, you know, what am I going to be running on these environments? What performance do I need? Can I achieve that with the hardware I have? Do I need new hardware? Because if you're looking at something which is a very simple environment or has, you know, whatever performance requirements, you can very simply just look at uh, whether, you know, and I'm not just positioning SVSAN here, by the way, you can look at an array of different solutions to say, right, so am I looking for a Nutanix? Am I a data center? Do I need a Nutanix? Maybe. Am I a branch office? Do I need SVSAN? Potentially, because um, I'm looking for something very lean. I have a very limited budget. How much is the budget going to get me? So I think a lot of this is just is asking the same questions you should be asking as um, any kind of project manager within IT. But it's more about taking a step outside of what you know and just looking at where the market is leading. Because 90% of the market is leading towards software-defined and hyperconvergence, and if you're and if you're sitting in a small IT space, you have a project within a small IT space, then that progression will naturally lead you to SVSAN. If you're in a data center place, it will very likely lead you to vSAN or Nutanix. I think the World Wide Web and the Internet of Things, as we as we know it, is has become that place where everyone just goes to find this information. You know. The trend at the moment is that people aren't just buying tin anymore and buying hardware. They're looking for kind of these preset solutions, which they can kind of almost buy off the shelf. And as they start investigating hyperconvergence, they'll start to see these. They'll start to be able to say, you know, this is what best fits my environment. Okay, Pete, what else do you have that you'd like to, to say at this stage? Um, I was just wondering if you could tell us a bit more about the Cisco and Lenovo partnership. Cisco and Lenovo are obviously competitors. And SVSAN, you know, we... SBSAN isn't favored to one piece of hardware or another. You know, we will sit on any x86 piece of hardware, and that's fine. But the reason why we are so focused on Cisco and Lenovo is about where they are focused and where they are trying to go. They don't own a huge part of the market, so it's theirs to win. Cisco and Lenovo have a huge focus in hyperconvergence, and they are very um, critical of who they work with to enable hyperconvergence within specific types of environments. Lenovo is a good example. Lenovo are partnered with our competitor, actually two of our competitors if you want to open it up a bit, which is Datacore and Nutanix. Technically on paper, you would say that they're competitors, but from Lenovo and our standpoint, they are not. 
again, you know, we're focused on robo environments. We work very closely with Lenovo with X3250s and X3550s and 3650s to deliver solutions specifically to the mid-market. Nutanix is very much their play for the data center. And data core is kind of that middle ground to achieve potentially environments where mid-market trying to go into data center. So although on the skin of things, you look and you think, well, you know, they're potentially just taking on solutions or not. They're actually very critical on who they take on because they're trying to create solutions specifically aiming at hyperconvergence specific or specific environments. Cisco is slightly different. Uh, Cisco, again, obviously they're very critical on who they take on board, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. But with Cisco, they're focused towards, again, customers which are, are, are key to us in industries. Um, who are looking to take on hyperconvergence. The difference being that um, Cisco and what, what we're working with Cisco is is building into Cisco hardware is almost like an OEM for the, the UCS stuff. You can actually get us to factory, which is fantastic. So you can order us directly through Cisco. Um, again, this is kind of bringing home the point that people are looking to buy solutions pretty much off the shelf rather than trying to buy their own hardware and try and put stuff together themselves. So with both with Cisco, you're able to kind of just essentially buy us off the shelf with preset pieces of hardware. Uh, Lenovo is slightly different in that we are working very closely with distributors, achieving something very similar where we are uh, pre-configuring and building these built solutions on, on uh, the X-Series hardware, where you can buy them again off the shelf from the distributors. So yeah, that's kind of where their focus is, and that's very much in line with us. There has been some partnerships with Dell and HP in the past, but I think for Storm Magic, Cisco and Lenovo are kind of on the same mindset, on the same development path as us. So it just makes logical sense that we continue down that road. Great. No, it sounds like um, some pretty exciting partnerships um, with both those guys, and I guess it gives a lot of credibility in terms of the technology as well. If, um, mm. you know, you're working with these these vendors, so. Sounds, sounds yeah. exciting stuff. So um, a question for, for yourself, actually. I mean, with, because um, obviously you guys are, as Storm Magic, we are 100% partner, 100% channel. Mm -hmm. So our engagement with the customer, although we you know, support our partners every step of the way, whether it be with customers or, with, or not, um, you know, sometimes we potentially don't hear the same things as, as you do. So what are you finding with customers? Are you finding that they're still defaulting to SANS? Are you finding that they're, looking for pre-configured solutions is worth saying? Are you, are you finding that there's a bit of a mixed field? Yeah, I think the um, the old days of doing IT, when I say the old days, I'm talking about what we were doing in the, the early noughties and you know, <laughs> buying big, big expensive stands for you know a mil million dollars or a million quid. I think those days are starting to, to go very quickly um, mm. with the advent of SSDs and, and the various um, new technologies like yourselves, I think people realize now you don't need to buy an, an expensive SAN and have someone trained up to, to operate it because there's much cheaper technologies that will give you just as good performance. And um, therefore, there's been this explosion, as, as I'm sure you're aware of, um, storage vendors and storage technologies trying to plug that gap. So mm. um, I think most customers are starting to look toward, not even starting, I think a lot of the customers we deal with are looking at the new technologies. Yeah. Um, you'll still keep the, the, the bigger traditional companies who are very um, slow to, or very risk adverse, and they'll, they'll want to stick with um, what they know, even if it's more expensive. But um, certainly there's, there's a big a big shift. You know, a lot of people are looking at um, 
companies like yourselves and the, the Nutanix and the vSAND and, and all those types of things. So I kind of think in the next few years um, or sooner, some of these, um, this, this marketplace might consolidate a little bit. Um, mm. and we're starting to see things like Pernix being acquired by Nutanix, and I think we'll see things start to consolidate. Um, what I what I liked about this conversation is that you had a very clear place where you were targeting, and that's the you know the remote office branch office type use case. You're not trying mm -hmm. to be you know the new storage solution solution to replace what's out there. And I think that's that's quite refreshing because you can go away from this thinking, okay, I've got I've got this scenario, um, and here's a here's a company that specialises in it without having to then also think, well, I need to throw away my Enterprise saying that's running my my data center, so it's quite nice to um, you know have a company that's fairly focused in in what they do. As you were saying, I mean, large portion of our business, in fact, probably majority of it, is sand replacements because you know, it's getting to the end of life for a lot of people, and they look at their sands and they actually have nowhere to go with it because they kind of look at it and they think, well, what do I do? Buy another one of these, and I'm in the same boat in five years' time. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the, the fundamentals of why we we focus there because. It's that one place which is probably evolving faster than the data center, really. I mean, if you look at, I mean, if you look at, you know, retail is such a good example. But you look at retail; it's something which is absolutely exploding with technology now. You know, you have the, the amount of technology around the Internet of Things, just in store, trying to engage with customers, you know, tracking customer movements, trying to make the the the, the payment process a lot easier. You know, these are all systems that you know you, you don't realize, but these guys have to have some, you know quite a decent kit in the background to make this stuff happen. But again, you know they they can't afford they can't afford to have a physical stand there. They can't afford to have you know they've already got God knows how many staff there. They can't afford to have a, a trained sand type character there or an IT team there. You know they need to have something which is very simple and cost effective there. Yeah, um, and that's why we see that success, success especially in retail, but it applies in a lot of places. Yeah, I I certainly think the days of um looking for physical sand, you know, tra traditional small-scale sand to mm -hmm. run these robo-scenarios is, um, is, is getting fairly dated now. Um, mm -hmm. One thing that always pops up when we're deploying a solution or working with a customer to de deploy a solution um, that's targeted to the robo-type scenarios is around manageability. That's always one that's really important for customers, particularly if you're you know, deploying this to hundreds of, of sites. One area where it will fall down potentially is if the management isn't mature or, or doesn't exist in the form that the central team needs so as long as that's in place and as long as the technology works and does what it says on the tin then mm. i think the mindset for the most part has you know is very accepting of the virtual sand type type scenario now so actually uh it, it, it reminds me and the, the marketing team will kill me for saying this but i miss it but we used to when i first started before we went through the rebrand to create store magic as you know it now with our, our eye watering yellow our uh, our brand used to be smart storage and made simple and it still it still applies today because that's what our motto was and what it kind of still is is to kind of make it as simple and cost effective as possible and uh it's kind of maintained that, that kind of vein if you will over the years regardless of brand it's continued to kind of go down that road and i don't think we would be looking at or even considering going any other way in the future either Reality is that's what people want. They want they want stuff that's easy. They don't want to they don't want to be specialists. They want to be able to just digest it and make it work. You know, I think uh, everyone wants to be a specialist at something, but you know, when in reality, it's just a lot easier just to plug and play. Yeah, it's all it's all moving up the stack now. You know, the focus isn't so much on um, 
putting the hard drives in and making it work, and it's all it's all moving up into what's running on top of that. So uh, yeah, you just yeah. You know, storage is a great example. You just want it to work. You don't want to be trying to figure out how to configure it or do all these fancy things. You just want to put it in. It needs to do the job. It needs to report back. And what more do you really you really need? Exactly. Right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. That's been really interesting, and um, thanks for your time. All right, thank you, Ollie. Great, thanks, Ollie. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, thanks, Pete. That brings us to the end of another episode of Cloud Insiders. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. And to find out more and access show notes and downloads, head over to cloudinsiders.fm. You can track us on Twitter at Cloud Insiders, and we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes. See you next time.